0: Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything.
1: This episode of A Love Like This is brought to you by Stonebreaker Lawyers. Stonebreaker Lawyers is a Christian law firm specializing in commercial and business law, wills and estate planning, and property contracting. If you're looking to purchase or sell a property, need a contract drafted, or just need a trusted legal advisor that shares similar faith values to you, visit stonebreakerlawyers.com.au. That's stone, B-R-A-K-E-R, lawyers.com.au.
0: Today we have a bit of a unique episode for you. If you know us, you know we absolutely love The Chosen. Ours and probably everybody else's favorite scene is when Jesus is talking to Matthew and planning the sermon on the mount, which is where he speaks the Beatitudes. Now, if you're like us, the Beatitudes can be super hard to understand, but in reality, they are the clearest roadmap to finding God. Today, we wanted to break them down with our brother Ben, and we hope that through this conversation, you not only understand them more, but find ways to become closer to Jesus.
2: Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven.
0: The beauty of the Beatitudes. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey
1: guys well i think like the beatitudes is something i've heard about and, and known about my entire life and if you've watched the chosen and you guys know how much we love the chosen uh you'd know that's such like a pinnacle scene at the end of season two and i think it touched all of us so much so we just we had to do an episode about you know breaking them down talking about the beatitudes and, and what it means to us because you know at the end of the day like it says in the chosen you know it's it's a roadmap to faith and it's a roadmap to jesus so i think it's really important that um that, you know you, you, Talk about it in a modern context.
0: Yeah, make it I guess fitting. Like we want to talk about what they mean to us, kind of thing. And I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that we decided to record this episode tonight because Mum just got a package in the mail of our chosen merch. Oh yeah, binge, binge Jesus, <laughs> <Binge> Jesus t-shirt, <right? laughs> binge Jesus. So
1: true. So the we we're kind of just pondering on this, and this is like a super off the cuff episode, but we wanted it to be as raw as possible. But um, we're gonna ask each other. Uh, like first off, what does the beatitude mean? And if you're unfamiliar, with the beatitudes is eight of them pretty much. Um, and then we also want to talk about, like, how does it lead you closer to Jesus? So the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I think, um, I think you guys are really good people to ask, you know, like, what does this mean? Because, you know, there was a time when you, when you were poor in spirit. So what what does this beatitude mean to you guys?
0: Um, I think it's crazy because today I was actually doing my um, application to a uni course and you had to write about. The question was, when did you find your faith in Jesus? I'm like, oh, my gosh, do I have a word limit on this thing? So I kind of just went... And just reflected on you know my testimony and everything, and I was in that moment, um, mentally, of when I was really poor in spirit, and it's crazy because Mum was telling a friend today about that moment just this morning, um, and it was it was the moment when Paige and I were um at our lowest, and if, I feel like a lot of people listening would know our testimony, know our story, um, but I grew up in faith, like I grew up always believing that there was a good God. I just I um. I knew that I knew him, but I didn't know that he knew me kind of thing. And um, so when I was in that moment of like just really just beat up and broken from like the bullying and all of the questions as to why I really was pouring spirit, truly. Like I felt like I had no faith. There was not anything for me to believe that God was any kind of good. And I think a lot of people um, who experience and who now know God will have that moment where they look back and they're like, wow, there was a time where I was really poor in spirit. Um, And I think the beautiful thing about um, this moment in The Chosen is they show the clip of Nathaniel. And the clip of Nathaniel was a scene that dad cried in. I'm pretty sure we all cried in the scene. Um, But it's Nathaniel at his lowest moment and when he was feeling poor in spirit. And it's that moment where you're looking at Nathaniel like, man, I can really resonate with that because it was like he was crying out to God and he didn't hear him. It was like heaven was silent all of a sudden. Well, I think
1: it's it's, – I think that what's cool about this beatitude is like it talks about spirit not in the sense of like um like faith because it's almost like you can know faith like you can know god you can have that belief but it's about like the contentment that you feel in the love and the relationship that you have with god and like like we were saying with nathaniel like his whole life you know he believed in god he based his whole life and career around what he wanted to do for god that that relationship was all like always there but it's the fact and the like contentment that he had for that love. And that's why he was so poor in his spirit at that moment.
0: Um, I read this in the Bible. It's somewhere I don't remember. I'm probably going to butcher it, but it talks about how when you're at the end of the, you're blessed when like you're at the end of your rope, because with less of you, there's more of God. And I think that's so cool because when Nathaniel was like, that was his end of the rope moment. And then, you know, later down the track, no spoilers, but when he's face to face with Jesus and he said, I saw you, like you were under the fig tree. I never turned my back on you. Like how cool is that? And I love how, what Abby was talking about, um, about the moment when we were poor in spirit. Like there's a reason why I said blessed are the poor in spirit. Cause you don't feel blessed when you're a That's poor in say. spirit. Yeah. You just don't. And then it goes on to say like, "For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like, my reward is so much greater in heaven than it is on earth.
1: Well, and it's almost like it's, it's talking about the people who are poor in spirit, but turn to God, you know, yeah. when they, when they, it's not even doing it off their own bat. It's like when they can acknowledge that something happens or something changes in their life and all of a sudden they can remember God, you know, or they can be faced with him again. It's, I it's not talking about the people who are poor in spirit and say, I hate you, God. And then Mm -hmm. leave it at that, you know, they don't actually do anything to to grow in their relationship after that.
0: It's like the, I think it's so, um, we always talk about how like God works like the upside down way of working, but I think it's crazy how he, Jesus himself is saying like, you are blessed Mm. when you were pouring spirit. It's like, Mm. what? But like what you were saying, Ben, it's the people who are desperate enough for God and mm-hmm. actually turn to him, even at, even at like Nathaniel, his lowest moment. So well He still said. sought out God.
1: Yeah. I think we kind of answered this next question in it, but like how does it bring us closer to Jesus? Well, it's it, like our um, our Neighbourhood Series episode. Like why should Jesus be your closest neighbour? It's because he's the person you can turn to when no one else is there for you. You know, when you are absolutely broken and just destroyed, it, he's there. You know, that's who you can There's turn no
0: to. There's no other place like when you're at the lowest moment in your life, there's no other place to look than up. And like Jesus is seeing you under your fig tree, like he's mm. there. It's so, true. So well, true.
1: One of the things that kind of stems off being poor in spirit is that you're sad and depressed. And the second beatitude is blessed are those who mourn for they should be comforted. And we'll talk about this because when you hear mourn, you think death, right? Like mm. someone's passed away, your loved one, but you can mourn lots of things. And in many cases, and I think what the beatitude is talking about is people who mourn the loss of God. Because, yeah. you know, you have to remember, like, at this time, so much of the world was turning away from God. You know, they were putting this hope into false idols and the Pharisees and the, the church, in air quotes, you know, was kind of um, this this powerful thing and people were, were mourning the loss of the God that they thought had them hope. And, um, and, yeah,
0: it's... In my eyes, I feel like, I don't know, mourning in this way kind of like because we receive these incredible blessings and gifts from God and then when we sin or when we slip up, we almost like mourn
2: Yeah that yeah. You yeah. Know such, I mean? well,
0: I'll
1: give you such a good practical example. It's like again, we're in lockdown, like everyone. We're mourning the the life that we were living before. You know, mm. we're mourning our freedoms. We're mourning what we want to do in life and the fact that we can't do the things that our hearts are set on. It's almost like, Well, who do I turn to? I can't yeah, control yeah. my you life. You know what
0: you know what also kind of relates to is like for example, you know, you have a really solid relationship with your parents, maybe, and then you have an argument and you say something, and you're like, "Oh, it's like regret, but it's so much more than regret. yeah, it's like because they've been so good to us, mm. and I feel like this kind of mourning your like your sin and like your mistakes and things like that mm. is because you know that God has been so good to you and mm. will always be good to you. and then when you when you sin, you're like, "Oh, I hurt him, like you mourn that." I think the beautiful truth found in this beatitude is the fact that he says you'll be comforted. Yeah. Like it's a promise. Like mm-hmm. you will be comforted because at the end of the day, it's like you can blame God. Like, God, like why is COVID happening or why is this happening in my life or anything like that? But he's like, no, I'm like a loving God. He's going to comfort you through this.
1: Well, I mean, like look at all the, the difference in perspectives from from believers and non-believers during this time. Yeah, Like 90% of the pessimists I know they have no – compass, you know, there's yeah. no God to look to like forward to and who's there to comfort you.
0: Or like what the solution is to yeah. this when it's actually so much greater than,
1: you have to acknowledge like sometimes there's no solution. The solution is the comfort that you're going to get yeah. In, yeah, in the unknowingness, you know. And
0: something else as well that I feel like people mourn is also the suffering of others.
1: Mm. So true. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know it's true though, because like, again, like when you think about it, it's like the whole... I guess, crux behind this beatitude is that, again, like there's someone there to love you and to be there with you as opposed to I'm all alone, God, you're so distant. It's like, no, it's like in your sadness, in your, it's like that's FOMO, but it's, mm-hmm. it's a really weird type of FOMO. Yeah, it's yeah. like I'm, I'm missing out on mm. being happy almost, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I'm, I miss that aspect. And, that, and, it's-
0: and Jesus says this himself, the ultimate comfort is the Holy Spirit.
1: No, I know, I know what that feels like. No, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, you know. But like being the salt of the earth, like you're called to make to stop the world going rotten, and and you do. Like you you look around people who you know could be living such an amazingly abundant life, and you feel so bad for them, you know, and you and you feel really sorry for them.
0: This builder should really, um, like is beautiful to me because it kind of brings me back to the crux of what, um, you can experience in His own presence which is the comfort. um? Because I know that when I've been in my lowest moments and I felt the presence of God, I felt comfort firsthand by him.
1: Yeah. The third beatitude is blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And this is one that I think lots of people get kind of caught up on. And I know our, our dad thinks about it a lot. And it's the sense that meek um, people think it means to be like a pushover and to be stomped on and to be quiet when people are rude or mean to you or to shun away when there's a challenge, you know, it's to be that person who's like sitting in the corner of the room. But I was really interested in, in what this meant after watching the chosen. And I, I like looked it up and did some research and it actually like dates back obviously like a really long time, but it talked about how when people have power and not even in the sense of oh control power, but like the power of God, like you, you, yeah, you have yeah. God behind you, you know, it's when you have the ability to use that, but you choose to restrain yourself because mm-hmm. you know that that power stems from love, and like a really good example is like you know when you meet someone and they make you feel bad if you don't believe in God, for instance. Like it's you're one hundred percent the wrong doing wrong because you don't believe in God, but it's like no, being meek is someone who's like a Christian, but they live out their faith yeah. by being like a good, kind person. Like what
0: Bob Goff says, like be more, uh, don't be an ad- like an advertisement for Jesus. Be, be proof. proof. Yeah. Um.
1: Don't you think of Mia though when you think of meek? I think of Mia all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this beat should really echoes what me and Mia were talking about a couple of days ago. We all of a sudden sort of had like this click where we're like, man, maybe I don't want that for my life. And then we kind of broke it down to like what it actually comes down to and how we're like, we really just want to live like with meekness. Mm. And, um.
1: But it's also like, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example. So it's like when you feel angry about something, like someone does something that angers you, someone cuts you off in traffic like you have the power and the ability to scream at them and to get angry at them and to flick them off but it's like by restraining yourself and by taking more of like a humble stance on mm. things that gives you more power
0: well you yeah know? let's talk it's- about how that brings us closer to jesus it's like you think about okay in this end of the chosen um in when jesus is saying this particular beatitude he mm. the clip shows thaddeus and little james yeah and when you watch the show <laughs> i know i love oh. them. <laughs> Thaddeus and little James were like one of the first disciples, like they witnessed Jesus meeting Andrew and Simon for the first time. So I think it's such a beautiful thing is because they were never loud or boastful being like, excuse me, we're the first ones here. And like you see all the different personalities personalities of the disciples, but you just see Thaddeus and James doing the work of Christ with well, so much humility. it's like what humility. Thaddeus said, like uh, I think it was at the wedding and he was like, I don't know why he picked me, but I'm here. Yeah.
1: And it, it's like, you look at the other disciples, like Simon, like, I, I don't remember the exact scene, but he's kind of like, he chose me. Like yeah. He chose me, but little James, little James and Thaddeus. Yeah. They're like, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't even matter that he chose me. I'm no different to anyone else. Exactly. Even though I have the power, I have been chosen by God. I'm mm-hmm. not using that as like fuel to make me a better person.
0: Isn't it crazy though? When you have, um, when like, you know, God, it's like, and you look at somebody who might not know God, it's not like you have this some kind of like authority. It's just like, You know this kind of love and you're like oh my god like god looks at that person exactly the same
1: yeah we'll think so if you're not meek you're acting on impulse all the time Mm -hmm. everything you're doing is because it's it's what it's what hits you on the spot right it's like i'm angry right now so i'm going to be really angry but if you stop and like restrain yourself and you allow yourself to be humble you're slowing down and you're allowing yourself to think you know what no what would jesus do yeah what would jesus do
0: and now Brings that closer to Jesus and that's in being the, me. That's what yeah. it means when you like inherit the earth.
1: Sorry to interrupt this incredible conversation, but we just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, Stonebreaker Lawyers. Headed by Jonathan Stonebreaker, Stonebreaker Lawyers offers a variety of affordable legal and property contracting services founded on strong Christian values. For our younger listeners, purchasing or selling a property can be an absolute minefield. Having someone you can trust and with the right knowledge, particularly when it comes to contracts, is so important. For our older listeners, it might be time to sit down and revisit your wills and estate plans. Having someone who shares similar faith values to you can make a world of difference when it comes to legal matters, particularly those that involve family, small businesses, charities, and churches. We've seen firsthand the care, compassion, and competence that John and his team put into all of their client interactions. If you'd like to learn more, visit stonebreakerlawyers.com.au. That's stone, B-R-A-K-E-R, lawyers.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this amazing episode.
0: Okay, can I read the next one? Yeah, Yeah. of course. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. I think this is really funny and kind of relatable in this day and age. Yeah. Because there's so many people who think I'm right, you're wrong, but Mm. like deep down, you know, like your morals and your values align so much more. Mm.
1: I'm gonna give you guys a hot topic that we can talk about it within this beatitude objective truth. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I was watching this the Daily Disciple on YouTube, and this is something I really struggle with. And objective truth is that there's my truth, one truth, right? Like, like objective truth is like everyone thinks that they know the truth, know the truth yeah. but in reality, there's one truth, and it's it's the beatitudes, it's the Bible, it's what Jesus says, right? It's it's the only way, it's the only reason why things are the way that they are. Um, and I think like the thirst for righteousness, it's like. The true thirst for righteousness is coming to know that truth. That truth. Not the thirst for righteousness in the I need to make my truth and put that truth on Mm -hmm. like upon you. I'm not thirsting for power so I can tell you what my political beliefs are and slam you with it. It's like, no, you want to know in your heart like what's really right. That's so
0: true, Ben, because I mean, we see it all of the time. People always throwing like their opinions of what they think is right. And I honestly, do you ever think that like, not that you're like, okay. I know you're not right because mm-hmm. I know the one truth. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But here Jesus is saying like those who thirst for righteousness. And like you what don't ben need saying, a- Well, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> it's not some humanly idea of what righteousness looks like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually thirsting for righteousness for the one truth, like the truth, exactly what Ben was saying, which is, you know, Jesus, I'm the way, the truth, and the life.
1: Yeah. It's so true. And it's funny, right? Because like, I just quickly looked up like the actual definition of righteousness and it talks about, um, the quality of being morally morally right or justifiable. And I think it's like people try and justify their morals. And by trying to justify their own morals, they're pretty much saying I'm more powerful than God. Mm, yeah. I'm telling you what's right and what's wrong. So it's almost like, Oh, you don't agree with me about gender, whatever. It's like, yeah, but you, that standard of moral, you're imposing that on me. That's yeah. not what the truth, the truth says, says is the moral thing to and do. And I know there's
0: ideas of are like around, and yeah, but how do you know like that's the truth? Like mm. how do you know? How do you know like-
1: That's the faith. That's,
0: but it's like <laughs> there is a reason mm. why Jesus says I'm the way, the truth, yep. and the life. Yep. Mm. And I, I think it, this does come, what Paige was saying about how some people are like, yeah, but how do you know it's true? Like how do you actually know that the Bible is true? How do you know Jesus is true and all the things? And I think it comes down to what you and dad always talk about, about simple faith and how like we're actually born. um, I personally think that we're all born with the longing to know that one truth. And when you come to know it, it's like, oh, wow, it's actually so much more simple and beautiful Mm. this way than the world's way.
1: And and it's funny, right? Because I also feel like when you talk about there's only one truth, that's not to say that you're not allowed to doubt that truth ever, or you're not allowed to grow in that truth. It's not saying, oh, because you don't understand it, you're wrong. You know, everyone's in their own journey of faith and there's going to be times where you doubt that, but it's the fact that you need to come to understand that yeah. at the end of the day, there is only one truth. Yeah. Well, there's and you, you like, think you have about to come, it. Like I'm still on my journey to knowing yeah. what that truth is and yeah. coming to terms with it myself.
0: 100%. I think it's that moment of almost like um surrender kind of like what Rebecca was saying. Um it's like yeah, we can give God our surrendered yes, but before even knowing who God is, if we surrender our thoughts and our um I guess, opinions and our beliefs and what we think is right, what we think is true to actually know the one truth. Then from that moment, it's like, then you actually see that truth come into fruition in your life so and in your true. heart yep. and you mm. see it and you're like, e- even every, even me, like I've been a Christian for what, I mean, really, I would say like only like threes kind of, but it's almost like even me, like through every season I'm going through, it's just even more proof that like, oh my gosh, this is actually true. Like everything that, no, I was just going to say, I've been talking, I've just been thinking about this idea of like, I was writing in my essay for the application as well, but I was thinking about this idea of like being in the know, not like N-O, like as in k n. K-N. A-N-O-W. Yeah, like being in the know and yeah. inviting people into that know, because once you're in the know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I know my life matters, but I know my life matters because I'm known well, don't by him.
1: Th- the key to that is in the last part of the beatitude, which is that you know, you will be satisfied if you have that thirst. And it's almost like, it, it goes back to what we were saying before. It's like, you can fight for what you believe in for sure. But then once that battle's done, there's going to be another one. Nothing's so one. true. And why is one.
0: Jesus is so smart? <laughs> like I
1: know and, and do you know what? I remember reading this. Any self-help teaching you read now can be rooted back to faith in the Bible. 100%. And it's, it, yeah, it's just, you know, it, there has to be an endpoint point to, to something at some 100%. point. And that's why it's saying if you thirst for the right kind of righteousness and the right truth, you will be satisfied. But like how cool to think that, that that can happen any day. You know, like you can be satisfied on a Wednesday at 1 p.m. in a simple moment because you come to know what, what is right and what's true.
0: Okay, this is um the next uh, beatitude. Blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy.
1: I feel like this is the hardest part of faith oh, yeah. in all honesty. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not so much in like showing mercy but showing forgiveness. Which mm-hmm. I think is a really big part of mercy mm-hmm. and not being like resentful.
0: That's what I was going to say I think the the areas of like mercy, like compassion, kind of come easy when you know faith because it's like well, are a love, so it's yeah. like you want to serve, you want to give, you want to show kindness. But um, yeah, like what Ben was saying, I think forgiveness is a really difficult part of being merciful as well. Um, but again, I think it comes down to knowing that we were first forgiven, and that that forgiveness is something that is it's something that Mum told me about mom was, mom's always so wise, but she told me she, I think she said, um, we have so much of God's love poured out on us that we can freely give it away as much as we want. Cause it's never, hold on, cause it's never ending. But she also said that we also have his forgiveness. Like we have the ability inside of us to forgive and to show mercy on others, even though they've done wrong. I feel like mercy, your head immediately goes to forgiveness, but there's so much more to mercy than just like, like forgiveness is a massive part of it, but also like feeding the hungry and like giving drink to thirsty, like clothing the naked, like um, shelter for the homeless, comfort the in prison, visit the sick, all that.
1: Oh, you mean like actually like, like, I don't know. Can you explain that to me more? So
0: because we've received mercy from God, yeah. like when we need shelter, he's our shelter. When mm. we need, you know, when we're hungry, he like feeds so us like and stuff like that. So there's a
1: whole aspect of giving so you can, to that.
0: Yeah. So you can carry that mercy, but like put it out. Mm. And like, of course, forgiving others and like, um,
1: well, I think it's good. That's always just where my head goes. Like when you're showing mercy to someone, is it's like you're not like acting? Um,
0: I think it's cool. As, sorry. I was just going to say, like, because I feel, I just feel like there's so much behind mercy rather than like forgiveness is one part of it, but also like showing mercy to others because we first received mercy. Like,
1: uh, yeah, uh, it comes back to what we're talking about with being meek. It's like if you have the ability to be mean to someone or to act in a way that's wrong. When you could show the mercy, then that, that's what's taking you away from God. If that makes sense, I think this is one of the harder beatitudes to wrap your it head is. around. Because what about it's so, how does it
0: make you feel? So how does it make us like? How does it bring us closer to Him?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think it, it it ultimately comes down to acknowledging that you know what Jesus did for you is real, and it sucked for Him big big time, but it's great for you because it means you can be saved. And if you acknowledge that that was an extremely extremely large sacrifice, then you almost like have no choice mm. but to be merciful. Because if you're not, you're 100, you're turning your back yeah. on, on Jesus. You're turning your back on the life that you've been given mm. and it's like the polar opposite of the type of person you should want to be like.
0: I just found a Latin um, translation for the word mercy. I thought you
1: were about to whip out Latin <laughs> just then. <I'm laughs> no.
0: Like, whoa, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, That's actually really cool. I'm not going to say like the Latin word word of it. It's a little bit like cringy, but it means price paid. Mm. Mm. It's what Ben just said. It's literally what Ben just said, acknowledging that first initial sacrifice that God made for you. I think that's something too, Ben, I don't know if you, or Paige, if you have this problem too, I never really quite understood what that meant. Like I never really understood what it meant. But somebody described the analogy to me as sort of like a a train ticket. It's like, you need to pay something in order to get on the train to go somewhere else. It's like, but Jesus himself paid that price for you. So you don't, you don't have to, there's there's nothing wrong that you can do that won't get you into heaven or there's nothing wrong that you can do that. He won't like, why do you think Jesus sat and had dinner with tax collectors, with prostitutes? It's because he knew that, you know, he's even said to the, um, when the priests, at the time, what are they called again? The Pharisees, Pharisees came to his door and said, "Why, why does your master dine with these people?" Jesus said, "It's not this. It's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick, mm-hmm. and it, it's it is. It's like acknowledging the fact that like yeah, I'm a sinner, but also like God still loves me anyway, and He already paid that sacrifice for me, and it's available to everyone. Yeah. So I think yeah, that that in itself brings us back to Jesus, and of course, um, doing all of the serving and the compassion and it's, it's like loving action. I different. love the next one.
1: Yeah. I know. just quickly though, I want to add like for the, like, even again, like I still don't fully understand and can comprehend what it means to have salvation and to be saved, but like in its simplest form, all it means is that you owe something to someone else. And what you owe is to be merciful and to be kind and to follow these beatitudes because someone sacrificed something that you'll never understand until you get to meet him.
0: Yeah. That's so true. You
1: know? But, um, Paige, what's the next one?
0: Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, you yeah, can't not so cool say that without it. Because- because- yeah, they
1: will. Say it. Say it in the accent. Say it. Say it. Blessed are the pure in
0: heart. The okay. way he just de- pure and <laughs> delivered. Mm. What do you think being pure at heart means? Because I read something this morning in my message Bible that really struck me, and I think it relates back to this beatitude. It was um, something along the lines of love from the center of who you are and don't fake it. Meaning, like, I think that um, the inner work of God within us can enable us to um, purify our hearts mm. and to make them clean. Yep. And I, I kind of see it too as like fresh. You know, like you have just like a white, fresh paint. Of, yeah, well, like, it's like um, your wallpaper. Like
1: <laughs> we did a whole episode, childlikeness. Yeah. It's like you're thinking you're free from these dark clouds of the world. And what, yeah. what did you say before about Bogot distraction? Um, what was it? When you're Which detracting one? from the distractions or something, the absence of distractions.
0: Yeah. Strip away the distractions. Strip away the
1: distractions.
0: Yeah. Thought of something as well. Mm. Okay. When you're running after God, I mean, sorry, when you're not running after God, you're probably running towards selfish desires, right? Yeah. I want to make my mark on the world. I want to be this rich. I want to, so you're selfish, but I feel like in my eyes and I feel, yeah, like this kind of supports that. Is that having a pure heart is like pure intentions, and it yeah. steers you away from selfish mm. desires yeah. and, and brings you closer to God. Yeah, come,
1: comes back to that saying you girls always say, you know, living for the world, not of the world,
0: in the world, living in, in the, the world. The, but same, same job, same st- stuff. No, you, you what just said it? living for the world. No, Ben. <laughs> living for the world, <laughs> living in this world or of this world. For the
1: world works. No. Yeah, because you're like living to improve the world. Oh,
0: I get what you're saying here. I understand. But no, what what we is living of this world or living in this world. Which one is it? Living in the in this world.
1: world. You, which one do you want to do?
0: Living in Living this world. world. Oh, okay. Not consumed by it. So, like, being, yeah, <laughs> being of it is like being consumed by oh, it, okay. but being in it is just kind of yeah. Yeah. doing sure. anything. We can do a whole episode on that one.
1: I bet. But um, seventh, uh, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. I don't think of this as like, whoa, boys, break it up. Whoa, whoa, bar fight, break it up. It's all good. No, I think of it almost in like a spiritual sense of like, again, like being the salt of the earth, like I'm called to come in between what's rotten in the world. And it's like, I'm, I want to, and I always say this, it's like, I want to be the person that someone looks up to and says, oh, what's special about this guy? You know, why is he nice? Why is he happy? That's how I kind of want to be the peacemaker, if that makes sense.
0: It's cool. Cause when you um are in the known and you experience the peace that transcends all understanding, you then carry that peace into the world, and people are like, look, you're like, how are you having peace about this situation, mm-hmm. or how? And it's well, it's because it's from heaven; it's not from yep. earth. It's true. And like what Ben was saying, I don't think when I think about this beatitude, um, I don't necessarily think about situations where God gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. Um, just like Mum and I would talk, you know, I say this to mom all the time, like the peace that I got walking to my my new school for the first time, the peace that I got, I couldn't explain it; could only the only like logical way to explain it was from God. I think that what Paige was saying about how when we first experience the peace of God, it's something that outflows to us into the world. So like when we see conflict and stuff like that happen, we have eternal eyes and we know the peace of God that we can actually be that peace in that situation, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense.
1: Yeah, of course. No, I was going to say, like you look back on the chosen right and everyone thinks, oh, you know, Jesus was a peacemaker. So much of his life was stirring the pot. You know what I mean? Like all the scenes of him stirring going- Stirring the water. Stirring the water. Like going into like synagogues and just stirring it up and, and With, making a like ruckus.
0: directing them to do things. when he yeah. yeah, when he healed Jesse and then said, pick up your mountain Shabbat. Exactly. And like, I was like, so he like literally, literally going against everything. So like
1: people need to remember that it's not just about the battle. It's about like the war. It's like what's the whole, like the overarching piece that has to be found. And that's why sometimes like as a Christian, it's okay to get angry or to like- yeah, to speak up, or I don't want to say like yell at someone, but to be firm in in your beliefs, you know. Because if you're not, then you're being a pushover.
0: Yeah. We think about peacemaker; not a, it's not like peacemaker. someone who would be like, "Guys, calm down." You know what I yeah. mean? It doesn't look like that sometimes. And yeah. it?
1: it's almost like saying, "Okay, like you know, it's wars." Everyone can agree wars suck. Wars are terrible. But if like there's a country who's persecuting people and killing kids, it's like sometimes you have to have some level, of, and it sounds terrible, some level of violence to bring peace. So it's not about being, yo guys, everyone just World love piece, each guys, other. Come on. Like on cars, the guy with the really mellow petrol. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 different to that. It's yeah. it's different than just, you know, being being I that think girl.
0: like be kind made of, all. Love all. Yeah. Be like a mater. I feel a made like a like,
1: mater, like, 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 yeah. Like yeah. a mate. Last beatitude. Are you guys ready?
0: Yeah, okay.
1: go. <laughs> um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And um, this is a hard one. Honestly, we did Alpha about this last night and it's something that I struggle with all the time, which is speaking openly about my faith under the fear of being not being judged, but that, I, I, have you guys ever had this feeling where you want to talk about God, but for whatever reason, you feel like you're doing something wrong? Yeah. Or like you're going to say it's something stupid cool and no one's, yeah, they're not, you're going to get judged or someone's going to hate oh, you yeah, for yeah, it or yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Like you just yeah. have this weird insecurity yeah. around it. Yeah. I think this whole beatitude is talking about the people who are so excited and proud about their faith that like, you know, th- they're, I don't know. I don't even know. The no, I love how in The
0: Chosen, I love, sorry to interrupt, but I love how in The Chosen they like, there's just a clip of John the baptizer, like, you know, hands cuffed. Mm. Well, cause John, John's Jesus's cousin, right? So John's living his life with what Ben said, this excitement, this willingness and like, even Jesus, like, has his hand on his shoulder and be like, John, you're crazy, man. Like you're crazy, but he's so passionate and he's so willing to just speak up about God and so unafraid to do so. No matter if it throws him in jail five times in a week, he'll still be willing to do it. I think that we see this thing with the disciples as well after Jesus is resurrected and, you know, goes again, is that they are willing, like they know. Think about persecution in like the early church and like when Jesus was around and stuff. Persecution was still a thing then. We're so lucky to be in the Western world where we don't, like our persecution is like kind of on a very different level. Different level but there's real persecution happening in the world today. Like yeah. you think about World War One, World War Two, like everything in the Middle East.
1: Like there's well, that's the thing, right? Like persecution comes in so many different forms. And like it, it's one thing to say, oh, you know, in the Western world we're so blessed for this, but in, in the harsh reality like so many Christians live in the Western world as it is. And, you know, persecution comes in the form of being discriminated against, you know, what you believe to be true. And if like you want to live your life a certain way, whether that's following Jesus, you have like every right to. And I think that's why the persecution comes in the sense that, oh, you Christian weirdos, yeah, like you're, you're a cult. Like what do you, like these people who would just show, so shut off to the reality that all that matters in Christianity is love and, and relationship. All the rest of it's just fluff. And it's that's the actually people so who, true. you know, like they don't persecute you in the sense, oh, you're gonna get stoned to death because you committed adultery. Like it's not persecution in that sense for us but I think people need to understand that persecution comes in so many different lights, so many different forms. And I think this beatitude was last for a reason, because it's almost like, look at all these other areas of life. Look at all these places where God's present. Look at all these ways that God helps you. Now it's your time to give back. You know, now it's your time to sacrifice a little bit, put your pride aside and just share and acknowledge the love and the life that you've been given. And by doing that, you know, you'll inherit, you'll, you'll get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven.
0: Well, friends, we hope that after learning more about the Beatitudes, you know exactly where and how to find Him. We encourage you, of course, to go read the Beatitudes in the Word, but to also experience just how the Chosen presents them. It helped us frame and understand them in a way we really can't explain. For now though, stay well, stay true, and we'll catch you guys next Saturday.